Before listening to today's episode, please know that this was something that I had to do for a class, and it is a longer uh, podcast segment, um, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, I, I really did enjoy the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, the <laughs> the audio is really a, just a presentation that I had to do, but I'm testing out and measuring if I can upload Zoom or how you can upload different like segments like this. This is a separate segment than the Zoom itself. Um, so I'm just kind of messing around with the platform. So um, no one will probably make it past minute one. But um, in the meantime, I thought this is a great opportunity to get back to podcasting and start exploring, how, okay, how is this working and what can I do to make this continue to work? Um, so anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, talk to you soon. Hey, this is a quick recording for Andre and Isa from Jersey Sponsor. Just shouting you guys out and saying thank you for listening to today's podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Jersey Sponsor, the app for athletes. Visit jerseysponsor.com to learn more about how you, the athlete, can start monetizing on your name, likeness, image, and passions today. Hi, and welcome to the five dysfunctions of a team presented by me, Madison Savarese, for Georgetown's uh, leadership management class in the fall of 2020. When I first read this book, it was about two years ago. Um, this book was something that I was first trying to take the leadership class and I bought it. Um, but what's interesting is since then, I've read a lot of books like it, such as The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, along with The 5am Club. Um, it's just, this book is really interesting and I've enjoyed rereading it, or at least trying to reread it um, during this time. So in describing um, Decision Tech, they're a technology company based in Silicon Valley, and they are facing a lot of different challenges, even though they have a lot of advantages as a company, including capital and an, an incredible executive team. However, the current leadership of Jeff is unfortunately not working for the company. So one of the chairmen decides to bring in somebody from the outside, which is Catherine. Catherine is a 50-ish year old woman um, who comes from a completely different industry than that of the technology sector or Silicon Valley in general. She comes from the automotive industry and that is what makes her a little bit different um, the chairman really wanted to hire her because he had been following her career through his relationship with her husband and knowing her as a teacher and how she was able to go to night school and then be able to build her career from there and become a great leader. Um, he knew that she was the right one um, or he, he was really convinced because of the differences that she had made at her previous role, which at the, was at the factory, which was negotiating with unions and the big car companies and making sure that teamwork was at the foundation of everything that she did. Um, Catherine was a great fit for this team because she was somebody who knew how to make teams work more than she knew about software, um, which is what the chairman believed was what the team needed at this time. So underachievement, this is where the real foundation of the book is laid 
Um, in this section, they're really being introduced to the problems that are going on at Decision Tech, including kind of her first two weeks, which we'll go into a little bit later, um, but also just the circumstances surrounding the meetings and what exactly is going on at the company. Um, this includes introducing Jeff, the founder and CEO, Mikey, who's in charge of marketing and has kind of this bullish personality, Martin, who's British and the chief technologist, um, JR, who's in sales and is, you know, put sales above everything else. Uh, Carlos is in customer support, Jan, the CFO, who can sometimes be a little bit serious on the budgets, um, and Nick, who's the COO. In, in Catherine's first two weeks, she really took the time to not only talk to the executive team, but she watched and she listened and she continued to do that for two weeks straight to the point where people kind of thought, hey, what are you doing, Catherine? You're not doing anything. Like, have you made a mistake by coming here based on the fact that you're not making any actual changes? Um, this was her tactic, mostly to learn about the communication styles and the issues that were really going on inside the company, both at the executive level and just taking the time to go around and walk and talk to normal employees who work at the company as well. Um, she decided to then host this offsite meeting, which we'll talk about later, but um, she, she really received a challenge or a pushback when Martin and JR wanted to go to a sales meeting and miss the first few days of this offsite. That was really her first challenge of the book. Um, but she pleasantly and kindly pushed back and said, hey, the meeting can wait until the following week. You guys really need to be here, which um, she got pushed back not only from Jeff later on in the book, but she also got pushed back from the chairman himself calling her and challenging her decision to do that. Um, she decided that having everyone present at the offsite was more important than a single sale because they couldn't sell anything until the team got back on track or until the team started acting like a team. The second part of the book was about lighting the fire. This is when the offsite really begins and the first foundational level foundational levels of the dysfunctions of the team are introduced all the way up to the top level. Um, in this, they start to explore if they do and do not trust one another and what the real dysfunctions are. Um, the dysfunctions are introduced um, at the very foundation. It's the absence of trust or invulnerability, the fear of conflict or artificial harmony, then working their way up to the lack of commitment and ambiguity, then avoidance of accountability or the low standards. And at the very top of the dysfunctions is the inattention to results or status and ego. And each of these flow into one another. At the offsite, Catherine says the only reason that they are there is because they have better, they have better executive, they have a better executive team, they have more capital, and their product is better, yet they're falling behind two of their major competitors. She says that this is the only thing that they will be focusing on is how to get more market share and their sales back on track. Catherine identifies the lack of trust by identifying the fact that in meetings, no one's really talking, no one's challenging one another. And they don't think that that is possibly going to be something that can continue because discussion is where growth and change and opportunities lie within versus 
note conversation means that they aren't collaborating enough. Digging in a little bit deeper at the five dysfunctions, first, the absence of trust stems from their unwillingness to be vulnerable within the group and not open up with one another. Next, the fear of conflict is when teams that lack trust are incapable of engaging in unfiltered and passionate debate of ideas. This leads to lack of commitment when healthy conflict is a problem because when healthy conflict is a problem, because without having aired opinions and debate, team members hardly ever buy into commitment and decisions. Avoidance of accountability is developed because of the lack of commitment and buy-in from the team without committing to a clear plan of action. Members hesitate to engage in counterproductive behavior. And lastly, at the very top, inattention to results, which occurs when the team, team members are put, put their individual needs, such as ego, above the collective goal. In heavy lifting, this is when the team is really taken out of Napa Valley and back into the office. And while qu things quickly start to deteriorate, the team is forced back into Napa for a second offsite when they're faced with JR leaving, as well as not having full trust in their own executive team, when they identify that they trust their own team members more than they trust the executive team. As trust and personalities continue to develop in this in the second offsite, Catherine tells Mikey that she is no longer a good fit for the team. Mikey, Catherine cites that Mikey doesn't respect her colleagues and that she isn't opening up to the team during meetings for this for this parting for this part of the team members. Uh, this doesn't mean that Catherine was specifically firing Mikey, which is what she first believed, but or resigning or asking her to resign. But is a moment when Catherine gives Mikey the choice of change. Mikey ends up not wanting to change and being confronted with that change was overwhelming for her and therefore tells Catherine that she wants to leave um, and that and when Catherine ended up delivering this to the rest of the team she tells a story about how you know one of her first jobs after she got her degree um, was as a manager it was her first managerial job and she ends up telling that story. And ultimately that leads to her telling the group that just because Mikey left, it doesn't mean that she wants anyone else to leave. It actually means the opposite because she needed Mikey to leave so that she didn't lose the rest of the team. Traction is when they get back on track after Mikey's firing and they happened. And while things get back on track, they had a significant offer from Green Banana, a competitor that JR actually wanted to work with. Um, to buy decision tech for more than they're worth. And while the executive team ultimately turned this down, it was a turning point when they chose to stick with their business or even work harder instead of selling out. This led to growth in sales over the next year and the executive team growing to eight employees, eight executive members and topping 250 employees. This allowed Catherine to make some changes to the executive team by promoting Martin, Jan and Nick and having them as her direct reports and having the new Joseph, the head of sales, and Jeff report to Nick. Two lessons that I learned overall in this book, I think were two really important ones. One, I love these types of books, so I think that that's fascinating, um, that I have read so many books like this since reading this book, this kind of like narrative um, storytelling element to leadership or to learning new skills. 
Um, but I think the first one that really stuck out to me was teamwork, um, that teamwork remains the ultimate competitive advantage um, and how powerful it can really be um, and how rare it can also be, like to have a fully functioning team and how that can really truly affect not only who stays on the team by having toxic team members um, or team members that are maybe producing at a high level, but not contributing to the success of the environment of the company. Um, I thought that that was really interesting. And the last one was that building a productive team, it's not difficult, but it is complicated. I, I really, that quote stuck with me at the very end um, because I think it speaks to so many people think that team building is just this thing that is takes so many different elements in so many different ways for them to be able to communicate in so many different steps and an investment of the team or club. And, and yet it's really not that, it's really not that difficult to do if you have the right people at the top communicating to the rest of the organization and the rest of the team. Um, so I, I took that as a, a great book. And this book is coming, I think, at a time in our lives when teamwork is being faced with ultimate challenges, which is going digital versus being in person. So management styles are really being tested. Um, and while, you know, Catherine was able to take her fit her team to an offsite, not once, but twice, um, it's interesting because now I feel like this could be a great opportunity for teams across the country and in sports specifically to really take that opportunity to take a step back from work um, and really focus on the bigger picture. And I'm not sure all teams are doing that, but um, I certainly hope it is something that they will do. Um, so that is the five dysfunctions of the team.